Hello, good evening, and welcome to Seascapes. For tonight's program, I'll be visiting the iconic Coast Guard Station in Valencia Island to hear about their work in search and rescue and in keeping people safe at sea. Tonight will be my last Seascapes program. I've decided to leave RTE at this time after seven years here on Friday nights and nearly three decades of reporting for RT Radio 1 from all around the world. New adventures are calling. And for my last programme, I wanted to fulfil a long-held promise and visit the Coast Guard Station on Valencia Island. It's one of the main search and rescue coordination stations in the country and has been at the centre of many rescue efforts over the years. It's a long way from Dublin, but I got down there on Tuesday to meet staff and hear about their work. Security, 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 all stations. This is Dublin and Minehead Coast Guard Radios. For repetition of a small craft warning and radio navigation warning. John Draper, uh, I'm the divisional controller here uh, for the station here at Valencia for the Irish Coast Guard. And we're here on Valencia Island the, on the northwestern tip of the island. We're looking out at the Blaskets. We're looking out over at the Dingle Peninsula. It's a spectacular view here. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a fantastic location from that point of view. Looking out uh, west to the Blaskets, um, you have Inish Tirocht, Inish Fikalon. Um, incredible sunsets here, sunrises in the morning. Um, hugely, hu- hugely atmospheric location. Um, we look in then on the right, uh, is that Valencia Lighthouse yeah, in the there? Right, Valencia Lighthouse and Beganish Island here. And then in into the harbour then at Valencia, then Knightstown then in the distance there as well. Must be one of the most beautiful spots in Europe, but you're doing very serious work here. The, it's a Valencia MRSC. That's right, so... Uh, the Coast Guard station here it was uh, the Valencia Marine Rescue Subcentre. It's part of a network of three coordination centres covering the whole uh, country. Um, Valencia here, we cover out to 15 degrees west, which is 200 nautical miles out from here. And then we go down to 30 nautical miles south then of Cork. Then uh, That's our search and rescue region. And then we hand over then to Malin Head then at Slyne Head before they go up then to Loch Foyle. Then it's Belfast Coast Guard and then back down to Carlingford Lock where Dublin takes over the rest of the country then back down to Yall then and where we take over again then. You're involved in search and rescue but what else do you do? We've come inside now because it's so windy up here. From the search and rescue perspective um, we coordinate um, our search and rescue declared resources but we also do um, inland search and rescue. We do aeromedical um, response with the with our uh, air resources, the helicopters for this division uh, being Shannon. There's also pollution response. Um, and while we have our search and rescue region, which I spoke about, out to 200 uh, miles nautical, nautical miles west, we also have the coverage of the exclusive economic zone, which is obviously a lot mm. further. We're going right down south um, 200 miles. Um, 200 yeah. miles. Okay, we're going to take a walk into your main command centre and look at, meet the people, see all the technology in there. Just coming in here, you have photographs of the people you've lost over the years. Uh, correct, yes. As you come into the centre, it's an acknowledgement. Uh, we've gone through a, quite a, a very tough period in the Coast Guard. Um, rescue 116, loss of Rescue 116, Katrina Lucas, um, and also some, we also lost Dahi O'Carrollon uh, pre- previous to that as well. So it's been a very tough time for the Coast Guard. We're remembering them this evening as well. And we walk in now into your command centre in here and 
you have desks with banks of screens. What are we looking at? Yeah, so here you have, um, there's, we have three, three uh, watch officers on duty here today. Um, there's four desks and three of the desks are manned uh, normally by day and two by night. Um, what the guys are doing here is you have um, the, the main SMC is the, the SMC being the search mission coordinator, the SAR mission coordinator. He's in the centre desk. He's overseeing uh, the operation and uh, he's coordinating and the responses. If any, if anything from an emergency perspective comes in, he's coordinating the responses in conjunction with his two watch officers there. The other two watch officers are monitoring the distress frequencies. Um, they're monitoring the VHF uh, distress frequencies out to 30 nautical miles and also on our MF frequency 2182 out to 200 nautical miles and further in actuality. On the VHF, if I'm sailing around the coast here and I pick up Valencia Radio, that is you repeating either a distress call or more no normally a weather forecast. That would be correct. Um, we have a VHF coastal network and all those uh, coastal high sites where there are radios they could either be Cork Coast Guard Radio Mizzen Head Coast Guard Radio Shannon Coast Guard Radio Bantry Coast Guard Radio they're all back to Valencia here it's all Valencia coordinating through those high sites and those radio sites we'll be broadcasting radio navigational warnings mm. if there are distress scenarios we'll be broadcasting um, Mayday relays notifying shipping that there's a distress scenario in progress looking for their assistance if need be, vessels of opportunity, and also coordinating our SAR assets then. We're not from Nebraska, Aeromed Air, 01, over. Aeromed Air, 01, go ahead, over. So my name's Owen Breslin, I'm a station officer here in Valencia. Owen, you have a whole series of screens here in front of you. What are you looking at? So the main screen I'll be looking at during the day is my log. So every call and radio communication that goes in out of the station is recorded. So who it's from, who it's to, and a record of what the conversation has been about. And then during an incident, we'll join all these together. We'll tag them together in, in an incident. And that'll give us a, a complete record then of the communications uh, for an incident, which can be looked back on then if there needs to be a review or any lessons learned from it. So just I just looked down through your screen here, you like, Castletown Bears hunting earlier, radio check loud and clear, doing an oar, mizzen. It's all radio, it's all normal at the moment, any radio checks? Yes, it's all what we call routine communications now at the moment. So the doing an oar sent in a traffic report to us. Um, we sent out radio navigation warnings. That's the uh, ship, is it doing an oar? Uh, uh, the doing an oar is a ferry, yeah, that yeah, runs yeah. from Cape Clear. That's right, yeah. Yep. Uh, then we've got the, we've sent out uh, the lakes forecast, we sent out the sea area forecast, okay. small craft warnings, so it's all routine communications at the moment. And then the maps you have here, you've got one on this one that says AIS and another one here that's a bit more detailed. Yeah, what, what, what are they saying to you? We have a, a series of AIS receivers around the coast. What's an AIS? So uh, vessels send out an electronic signal which uh, transmit the name, the call sign, the MMSI number, the IMO number, their course speed, where they're going to. So we can monitor that all around the coast. And as you can see here on my screen, I've got different colours for different vessels. So the red ones would highlight uh, tanker ships. The green ones are general cargo ships. The light blue here then are fishing boats. And the dark blue are ferry boats that are operating around the coast. 
Yeah, and these, it's actually available to your normal person sitting at home. You can see what ships are where. So is that every ship in this area is on your screen there? Yes, so they, this is uh, this is available to people at home yeah. to see as well. Uh, it's fed into apps like Marine Traffic and that would have a feed from us. But we're getting the raw data from the actual transmitters themselves without any filters on it. Okay. And so in each of those then, if you want to look at them at home, you click on it, it tells you what it is, what it's doing, where, is it, where it's going, speed, all that kind of thing. It shows you where they're going from, where they're going to. Uh, we can put their track on. And then we also have the facility to play back. So yeah. if there has been an, an incident between two vessels, we can re record, okay. we can play it back to yeah. show. And if there, if there is an incident, say there's an emergency somewhere out there, can you message those individual ships and ask them to go and have a look for you? If we can call them. We can send them a DSC alert, which will uh, ring out on their radio. And then we will use that then for them to tune into a frequency and we will talk to them. Uh, true voice on the VHF. This other screen then you have here. Yeah, so that's the that's the raw data of what is on this screen here. Okay. So that that is direct as it's been sent in from the the receivers, and it's without any maps or notes yeah. and that on it. So that's just the raw data, and then this is the the jazzed up version. Okay. If and if there is an incident, okay, say there's um, a mayday from a yacht there somewhere. What do you do? So we will take the we'll take record of the mayday that comes in, take get, get the information we have from it, and then we'll go back out with a mayday relay. So if he if his radio isn't very strong by us mm. going out then with a mayday relay, it'll alert more vessels in the area to the fact of there there is a, a vessel in distress, and then we will request any ships in the area to assist as best they can. Yeah. So what should happen then? It then is a Vessels should start calling back into us to say where they are, how long it will take them to get there and what, what assistance they can offer. And then we, we will direct them uh, okay. to assist as required. And do you call the lifeboat or, or the helicopter or who does that? Yes, we, we call the lifeboat and the helicopters from here. So we have a paging system for the RNLI lifeboats, um, which we, an, an online system which we can activate and launch the lifeboats with. And then the helicopter is just through the phone here. We've got uh, a red button on our phone which goes direct to the helicopter base and that sets the alarms ringing there straight away if we press that. And we'll get talking to the pilot then as well. All stations, all stations, all stations. Good afternoon. This is Valencia Cork, Galway Bay, Mizzenhead, Coast Guard radio stations. For repetition of small craft warning, please listen for Valencia on channel 62, Cork on channel 02, Galway Mizzenhead on channel 04. My name is Timothy Lyon. I'm retired from... Wellington Coast Guard Station since uh, 2012. I get 40 years here. I commenced in 1972. You've seen a lot of incidents here. You were here during the Fastnet disaster? I was here during the Fastnet disaster and that was a hectic night. Um, a low pressure uh, came without warning. It formed near Newfoundland and it came rapidly across the Atlantic. Could you see it coming? Uh, no, the forecasters uh, didn't see it coming uh, themselves, so it came without warning and uh, it came rapidly, as I said, from Newfoundland and it hovered there over the Bristol Channel that way and at that stage it had reached about Wild and Star on Force 11. And then the yachts, there was over 300 yachts in the race and they started calling us here, there was only two men on and we had only one circuit, medium wave at the time, 2182 was the distress frequency, 
and uh, we 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 had all the lifeboats out on the south coast, and uh, there was a navy boat involved. But I remember like we having the lifeboat going to a yacht in trouble, and we'd have to divert him to a fella in more serious trouble. Okay, you know, and uh, I think there was nineteen lives lost the same night. It was hectic altogether, like, and. Uh, you know, we had to log it all down for the record because if there was any inquiry after, we had to have the record. So it was very important, and uh, we were flat out. We didn't even time to have a cup of tea. Yeah, what was the feeling like in here when you knew that catastrophe was happening just out there? Oh, it was chaotic altogether. We were, uh, two, two of us now, like, you know, we were going, and, of course, you had the media ringing up as well, like, you know, and uh, we had no time to talk to the media, I'm afraid, that night anyway. You know, uh, you'd have yachts, several yachts, and then you had other people uh, give you assistance. You had uh, the lighthouses, uh, they did uh, communications as well, and uh, as I said, the Navy, I suppose, uh, one on scene, and they did, they were uh, they were communicating. So it was chaotic, really, and uh, you know, trying to keep, uh, st- uh, keep contact with all the yachts and establish who was who, and uh, send assistance to them. You know, that was it. It was chaotic. You didn't have these compute these banks of screens and computers. Then was it just pen and paper? I'm afraid not. No, uh, no. We had typewriters, all right. Like you know, <clears throat> sorry, we kept a log, all right. You know, on the typewriter, but everything had to be typed in, and everything had to be uh, sent to uh, the coordination center on the telex. We had only a telex as well. That was our only landline system apart from the telephones, and of course the telephones at that, at that time were very primitive. I think, as a matter of fact, we were uh, the second worst uh, country in Europe. I think Greece were worse than us uh, as far as telecommunications were concerned. Everything was done through the operator. What other incidents have you dealt with here over the years? Yeah, well, another one that comes to mind is the Rambler 100. She was also on the Fastnet. She was in the Fastnet race and she rounded the Fastnet and her keel broke off. Yeah, now, the Rambler 100 is most, one of the most sophisticated racing yachts in the world. It's got a crew of, what, 20-something? 21. 21. You, they weren't expecting something like that to happen. No, that's for sure. Uh, that's for sure. Um, yeah, there were, uh, some of them were spilt and more of them clung onto the side of her and uh, eventually uh, made their way to the top of, uh, of the yacht. But more of them drifted off. I, I actually was in Baltimore on, at the time, and the Baltimore Lifeboat said they would, they knew there was something wrong, but that it was only because one person's AIS, person AIS had gone off. Even 100 metres away from the yacht, they couldn't see it because the visibility was so poor. And by the time they got there, a group of people had been washed away, clung together, maybe four, and they were being, they, were, they drifted off in the tide. Nobody could find them. But you here managed to find them. The station here alerted the emergency services, the helicopter, the Baltimore lifeboat, and of course they made a broadcast, they made a broadcast, and uh, a half-decker came up, and she was first on scene, and uh, the men working here, anyway, directed her on a certain course. And how, how do they determine that course? And the, the half-decker, I think, is a diving support boat from Baltimore. Well, the... There was a formula here, like for uh, drift, and uh, the drift who who was drifting, a body drifting or a person drifting, as the case may be, and uh, they were able to calculate all that. Well, using what? The knowledge of tides and wind, or, or wind what? And, wind and tide, uh, wind and tide, and uh, uh, and time, 
uh, you know, the distance, how long they were drifting. and uh, They had to estimate the time of the drift, uh, what time she did keel over, because they were unsure of that time. But anyway, they directed the half-decker down to on the, on the course, what they thought the, she, the, the people would have drifted. And good enough, they came upon the skipper's wife, and she was very low. She was suffering from hypothermia, and she was only one degree from death. They brought her on board anyway. And I, I'll just fill in the detail here as well, if you don't mind. Yeah. When she was fell in, a couple of the professional crew knew that she was a slight woman, that she had no chance of surviving on her own. So they jumped in as well and they formed, as you're meant to do in your sea safety course, a, a group around each other to cling on to each other and try to stay warm. I think there were four of them. Yeah, that was a good idea because uh, not alone that, but you, you, yeah, when they cling on to each other, you know, you want to look for one person. They're all there rather than... Four people, if they drifted, they could go in different directions and everything, and you, you, you'd have a big search, it would be a bigger search. And it was very intelligent in their part, you know, to stay together. But anyway, they were, they were eventually found, and uh, as you said uh, there, she was probably a thinner person, and uh, her time in the water wouldn't be as long as the person who had uh, a flesh on. But uh, she was taken aboard anyway, the, the half-decker, and uh, eventually the helicopter came up and they put her on board and of course they were able to eat her up all right and the thing. Uh, and uh, she was taken to hospital and gladly she survived. But uh, she was very near death to her. And the Rambler, it's back racing again? It does the fast enough every second year? Oh, I'm sure it is, yeah. I'm sure, yeah. Well, I, I left the scene shortly after that. I retired shortly after that. I wouldn't have contact with her, you know, or, or be aware of the boats that take part in the fastener race. But she was a beautiful yacht, no doubt about it. And they came back and they thanked us very much. And the woman said that she owed her life to Valencia Coast Guard. What was it like when you came here first, your first couple of days here, way back, what, early 1970s? Oh, facilities were very poor here when I came here first. Uh, I remember the first day I was here, I heard the phone ringing and uh, the boss was outside in his own office and it had rung twice because you'd have to wait and see how many times did your phone ring before you'd answer it because there'd be three or four people on the line with you, on your line. And so you woke up in the middle of the night, did it ring once, twice, three times or four times that was how that was the case and a limited amount of people had the night service so you had to go through the exchange and uh, in Carcevine and then you had uh, to go through another exchange if you wanted to get out of the country all stations all stations all stations good afternoon this is Shannon Bantry Bay Valencia Cork Galway Bay and Mizzenhead Coast Guard radio stations with a repetition of a small craft warning the small craft warning was issued by Modern at 1100 hours today, Tuesday, the 14th of March. And the small craft warning is in two parts. The first part, west to northwest winds will reach 4-6 at times today on all Irish coasts. The second part of the small craft warning, south to southeast winds, will reach 4-6 or higher tomorrow on Irish coasts, from Wicklow Head to Valencia Head to Mallon Head. All stations that completes the broadcast. This is Shannon, Bantry Bay, Valencia, Cork, Colway Bay and Mizzenhead Coast Guard radio stations. Listening Channel 16 and associated working VHF channels. Good afternoon. John, we're walking around your main office now. You've got a huge map of Ireland, a bit of Britain there. It's, it's the Irish economic, the Irish coastal waters. Yeah, correct. So the, uh, as, 
As we mentioned before, the, the map, it outlines the search and rescue region, as we say, the SRR that we're responsible, that Ireland is responsible for, thereby Coast Guard and Department of Transport. And then overlapping that then is the EZ, the exclusive economic zone, and that's going right down to 48, just below 48 degrees uh, north. Okay, and the sea area we're responsible for, or we own, dwarfs our land area. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you have... Um, the, the region, the, the coverage that um, Valencia itself covers is 40,000 nautical miles square or 70,000 nautical miles. Don't forget, we cover inland, so we're going right into the centre of the country and then it's lying head going across. So we're covering the inland lakes, Loch Derg, um, okay. Loch Corrib, Loch Mask. Um, and uh, the resources then you're seeing here then, so there's 12... There's yeah, you've got a little pin, or quite a big pin all around the coast, some then up along the Shannon as well. Correct. So um, you've got obviously around the the rescue helicopter, the Coast Guard helicopter is based at Shannon, but we overlap then with the rescue helicopter, Coast Guard helicopter from Waterford. There's 12 uh, RNLI lifeboats covering the region as well, and then also there uh, there's seven community rescue boats. So each of these resources are filling in the gaps in the Coast Guard, giving us that network, so to allow us to respond to anything in difficulty off the coast. Okay. We go over here, and I want to open these drawers because they're the paper maps, the paper charts. Yes, correct. So actually, one you have here at the moment is a map of Loch Derg, and it's the Ordnance Survey map that we have. So that covers the, the whole area of Loch Derg. Everything that we have here in charts, we have we also has the, we have the Admiralty charts then as well, covering the full coastal network, and that covers the full coast as well. In case we have to take over from Dublin or Malinhead. Okay. Everything is electronic now as well, yeah. so they have all those maps as well electronically on the charts. You would have it does help out. when you're looking at something quickly to have a paper map in front Absolutely, of you, as we yeah. all know. Absolutely, and all all the guys here would have had they, that's their background as well. They were all mariners at sea, so they're used to using the paper charts as well. Still, what's the last major incident you had to deal with? I guess the last one, the major incident that would, would be of note here in the Valencia Division would be the fishing vessel Eliav, uh, got into difficulty 70 nautical miles southwest of the Mizzen Head, and eventually um, began to founder about 30 nautical miles off the Mizzen Head. She was from Castle Dunbar, but she started to go down. I have to remark the conditions were really severe at the time. There was very big, very big seas, up to between 8 and 10 metres reported at some stage for, by the naval vessel George Bernard Shaw, who was on scene. Um, so the George Bernard Shaw, the Castletown Bear lifeboat, and then the two rescue helicopters, Rescue 115 and Rescue 117, were used then in the rescue operation at the time. Uh, it went on for quite some time. Um, a number of life rafts were deployed from the vessel um, and uh, were lost in that process, in the process of deploying those. And in the end, Rescue 117 made the evacuation, heading to low light, big sea conditions and had that uh, rescue not been affected by the crew that day uh, of the helicopter uh, it's hard to know what would have happened with the conditions going into night time at that stage. How long have you been in the Coast Guard John? 20, 20 years now this is the 20th year so uh, 2003 started. There are I've been told vacancies and you're also looking for recruits or there volunteers should I say? Uh, correct. Um, we're looking for um, recruits so the per permanent uh, watch officers and uh, backgrounds that we're looking for there's a there's a big array there's a good there's a good spread of backgrounds here so you have deck merchant deck officers 
We have uh, ex-fishing uh, boat skippers who have uh, transitioned their qualification to deck merchant. And then you have the uh, naval watch officers as well. Naval um, officers of the watch, or bridge watch keepers, and also communications officers as well, and radio officers as well. So there's, I'm, I would have been originally a radio, radio officer myself at sea. So um, there's quite an array of backgrounds there. Good career. Yeah, great, a great career, I would say. Uh, great, great job satisfaction in relation to what we do. We're there to rescue people in difficulty, provide assistance on a day-to-day basis uh, for the Coast Guard. And thanks to John Draper and everyone in the Coast Guard station at Valencia Island. Now, that's it for me on Seascapes and in RTE Radio, and it's goodbye tonight. Seascapes has been on air continuously for over 30 years, but it's now going off the air for a short time. RT have committed to returning with Seascapes in the autumn. The programme was started by Tom McSweeney 30 years ago, and we have a very, very dedicated audience. Thank you all for listening over the years, and it's been a real pleasure to bring you the voices of all the men and women involved in the maritime sector. And I'll say goodbye to you tonight by playing our beautiful signature tune. It's called Sailing By by Roland Vlaai. Mm-hmm.